when my friends ordered the vodka energy, I'd always get a sex on a beach. And I had like one liter sex on a beach. Oh my God. I, I can't see that anymore. How long would it take you to drink a liter of sex on the beach? Um, not as long as I should have taken <laughs> me. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Gin and Beer. I am Meg, and this week I am so excited to finally, long, long overdue, be joined by one of my best friends, Nina. Hello, Nina. Hello. Very excited to have you here tonight, and Nina has come all the way over from East London to hang out with me and talk about... What drink did you choose, Nina? I chose the Cosmopolitan, which is my favorite cocktail. Excellent choice. And why have you chosen the Cosmopolitan today? Okay, so I feel like there's a lot of reasons. Uh, first Give of all, them all to us. let's go. <laughs> first of all, um, it kind of reminds me of my good friends from home because when we were younger, we used to drink vodka cranberry. Um, then I kind of got sick of vodka cranberry, and I discovered cosmopolitans. And whenever I drink cosmopolitan, it just reminds me of my friends from home. Um, and then the other reason is obviously Sex in the City. Yep. Love sex in the city. And I feel like whenever you drink, a cosmopolitan just reminds you of New York and you feel like you're in some fancy cocktail bar in New York. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um, I definitely think, honestly, I was never a huge vodka fan and I was never a huge cranberry fan, but definitely like all of my friends in uni were massively into vodka cranberries. And but I think that was like our generation's like cheap response to the to the cosmo because we grew up watching sex in the city when we were little do you think that's why we all drank it i think it must be Mm. i don't know i don't actually know why we always drank it it was just always what we drank yeah and it Mm. seems i mean because you for the listener's sake you are german grew up in berlin (laughs) um and i obviously grew up in chicago so massive difference in where we're from but yeah i can i like i said i was never a huge fan of vodka cranberries but definitely my friends drink them but yeah I, i mean i guess it's like it's cheap and the cranberry is probably like sweet enough that it, if the vodka is super shit, it kind of masks it. Yeah, I guess. But then I feel like Cosmopolitan is so much nicer because you have all the citrus flavor and the lime. Like if I drank vodka cranberry now, I would not enjoy myself. No, no. It's way too sweet. But I feel like I've massively gone off of like mixed like mixed drinks like that and yeah. it, like pretty much it pretty much just gin and tonics for me now. If I'm just gonna get a mixed <laughs> drink, but yeah, I used to be all about the. Jack and Coke. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Because you won't see a lot of people in America going out and ordering nonstop gin and tonics. Um, So, yeah. But I I definitely don't order a lot of mixed drinks anymore. And yeah, vodka cranberry would be probably close to bottom of the No, (laughs) I'd never order vodka cranberry. Only if I go to like a nice cocktail bar and they have a cosmopolitan, I'd definitely order a cosmopolitan. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So... With that, the recipe for Cosmopolitan, which I did not know off the top of my head because I had not made one myself until I had Nina over this evening, is one and a half ounces of citrus vodka. Um, Fun fact, Nina and I had like a, between the two of us, like a massive journey trying to find some absolute citron, and I ended up finding it in a local off license. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm sure... 
I don't know, tasting it, I don't actually really think that regular vodka would have tasted that different, but it's nice to have the citrus. Yeah. Um, it was it was a journey. Yeah, it <laughs> was. To, like, it, it, tasted that, shops. it tasted that much better, actually, finding the citrus <laughs> vodka. Um, so yeah, one and a half ounces is about 40 milliliters, I believe. And then an ounce of cranberry juice, which is about 20 milliliters. Um, I did watch a how to drink video on YouTube where he said... You don't want to use cranberry juice cocktail. I don't even know if cranberry juice cocktail exists in Europe. I haven't heard of that before. You yeah. Said. And so in America, it, it's just cranberry juice with like way more sugar. Um, like it's like practically syrupy, I think. Um, classic reference, actually. Side <laughs> note to cranberry juice cocktail is in Mean Girls when she, when Regina's trying to lose weight and she's like, oh, I'm, you, you know, drinking his cranberry juice. And she's like, oh my God, this is cranberry juice cocktail. <laughs> um, that's why they say that. Cause it's like really unhealthy. See, so now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So the, um, how to drink, he said not to use cranberry juice cocktail because it's way too sweet, but he also said not to use a hundred percent cranberry juice. Um, I don't know. I've, you know, I've had a hundred percent cranberry juice when I've been trying to like battle off a UTI. <laughs> so this probably, if anyone's ever tried, it, it's probably been the women listeners. Um, but it is tart. Like it is like very, very, very tart. So he said, if you use that, you're going to want to add like water and loads and loads of sugar. Um, so I just, for tonight, I just use ocean spray. So I'd recommend just using ocean spray. Then you also don't want to use the cran apple where they mix like cranberry juice and apple yeah. juice. So yeah, you have to be a bit careful when you shop for cranberry juice. Um, and then the rest of the recipe is much easier. So half an ounce of lime juice, which is about 15-ish milliliters, um, half an ounce of Cointreau. And then a, you can either use a lemon twist, a lime wedge, an orange peel, basically however you want to garnish it. And you throw it into a mixing tin, shake it up, and that's Cosmo. It's a very nice pink color. Yeah. The the one you made is really tasty. Oh, it's thank very you, good. Very, very kind. <laughs> that's why um, I'm drinking it so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is, the, that is the Cosmo. And actually, I was doing some research earlier today, and the history is, is at more interesting than I would have expected from the Cosmo, not, not to shit on the Cosmo, but I just okay. wasn't, I just wasn't, I mean, cause I just think all, we think Cosmo and we think sex in the city and we just think that's, that must be what it came from. It's actually got a very long winded history. Um, so I'll put a link in the show notes to the website that I have gotten all this from, but basically, um, people sort of think that the basic concept of the cosmopolitan came from the drink called the daisy which was popular in the late 19th century you, you talked about that one in another episode right? yeah <clears throat> yeah so i think the daisy is just one of like the classic templates for cocktails mm-hmm. and um i think the daisy has also changed loads over time but the basic is spirit sweetener and citrus um so people think that that's where the cosmo kind of would have evolved from but it's not exact because um in the 19th century vodka was not really a spirit that was used um and cranberry is also not citrus i think the version of the cosmo now where you you tend to use citrus vodka probably is more um reminiscent of the daisy um but then you flash forward to 1968 and Ocean Spray, which is, I think, still the brand of cranberry juice that everyone else, that everyone would associate. They wanted to market cranberry juice to adults because I think that loads of kids would oh. drink cranberry juice. Exactly. Um, but they weren't getting a lot of adults drinking it. And so they created this cocktail called the Harpoon, 
um, which they advertise on the side of the carton of, of Ocean Spray cranberry juice. And it was an ounce of vodka, an ounce of cranberry, and a squeeze of lime, which is pretty... That's where it comes from? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I like that. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, it's like the recipes on, like random food you buy <laughs> I know I know so yeah but I mean to be fair it doesn't include the Cointreau which for me I think the Cointreau is a huge part of what makes it like actually like a cocktail yep. and not like you said just like a mixed drink like a vodka cranberry so I think it probably you know it has inspiration from that I, I don't think we need to go so far as to say that the Cosmo comes from the side <laughs> of a emotion spring garden that's um, very disappointing <laughs> Interestingly, next in the history, um, the historians basically think that it originated on the gay scene um, in the 70s. So there were two bartenders. One was Cheryl Cook, who was working in South Beach, Miami in the 70s. And customers were looking for a drink that made them look sophisticated. This is calling to like the Sex and the City vibe. But was easy to drink, which effectively means sweet. Um, so she made a lemon infused vodka and triple sec, which is Cointreau combined with lime and cranberry juice, um, which that, I mean, that is literally Mm. a a Cosmo. And then at the same time, and this goes back to every cocktail that I've covered on the show, there's always multiple people that will, that people think created because this is usually happening at the same time. Um, there was a guy called John Kane who was experimenting in Provincetown and, um, I guess the historians think that this sounds quite accurate because Provincetown was in a huge like cranberry producing region okay. of the United States. Um, but he made a very similar combination and then he moved to San Francisco and he was making that drink in like the primary gay neighborhood of San Francisco. Um, and so that's why it became quite a gay drink apparently. Um, I like that part more than the yeah yeah and I feel like I like I'm I'm yeah I I feel like I can I can accept that um and I like I can envision it in my head like you said more than the carton of of ocean spray um but the formal quote-unquote invention of the Cosmo actually occurred in 1987 um a bartender named Toby Caccini Caccini I'm not really sure um, he made the drink at a bar slash restaurant called Odeon in um, Tribeca in Manhattan, which is like a ridiculously famous bar. It's still around today. There are loads of SNL parties there. Um, according to the website I read, they don't have Cosmos on the menu anymore, but if you ask for one, they will make it for you. Um, but it became, because Odeon was like this super exclusive like celebrity place um it became popular with celebrities and i guess madonna was photographed drinking a cosmo after the grammys um and that and that's how it kind of took off in the late 80s but it wasn't until and this is something that i did not realize the cosmo did not appear on sex in the city until season two episode 19 which is the end of season two what happened in that episode um apparently from what i read i mean i've seen all of sex in the city but i don't remember each individual episode very well but apparently um, one, oh God, I can't remember which of the characters just goes up to a bar and orders one. Cause uh, I think it's Samantha. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking of that scene where Samantha is in a bar and there's Donald Trump sitting behind her and she's drinking a Cosmo and then Carrie is saying like, Oh, Samantha, Donald Trump and a Cosmopolitan is the most New York thing ever. I feel like that's the, that's probably the episode. Oh, yeah. I watched that pretty recently. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah, I just, I mean, 
I, and I think everyone else, associate the, the Cosmo of Sex and the City so much that I really would have thought that it came about yeah. much earlier than the end of season two. But anyway, yeah, so that, that's the history of the Cosmo. But I think that we, like I said, I think that for everyone it's just Sex and the City. And yeah, I'm glad I didn't look the history up. Um, this was a nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Madonna part. <laughs> yeah, no, the Madonna part is good. And I think like the... Um, the owner of that Odeon restaurant also owns, um, pastis and like all these super trendy, like places in New York that are mm. still impossible to get into. And that, you know, if you're, if you, this is a total side tangent, but if you've seen these, um, TikToks, these people that are like me reading celebrities that I yeah. met when I worked as a hostess at like, those are the sort of restaurants that these people worked at where they get to meet these celebrities. Um, I'm not so, sure I like those TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> That's not really right. I just think they're all, the I think I just think they're all bullshit. Like I don't the, although the only one so apparently someone was flight attendant for Jennifer Aniston, who anyone who knows me knows I saw that, that she's one. my hero. Yeah. And she said that she just drinks Ciroc on the rocks with lemon and I was like, <laughs> I hate vodka, but I might just have to start drinking it on the rocks just so I can be like Jen. But anyway, so yeah. So that is the the history of the Cosmo. I like it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right, because we've been speaking so much about Sex and the City, which Sex and the City character do you identify with the most? Oh, God. I, I knew you were going to ask that <laughs> <laughs> when I proposed drinking Cosmopolitan. Um, I think I like to think I'm Miranda. Um, I feel like I identify with the way she thinks and, like... Yeah, I like to think I'm Miranda, but usually when I talk to friends, they always say I'm Samantha. So I I guess I'm a mix. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I no, I, I definitely wouldn't say that, like, you're... Major- okay, cause let's all be honest. Like, we're all a mix of all of them. Like, I, I think... You're very, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that's who I would... I, I don't... The thing is, is that when I first watched the show, the character that I actually... I like felt like I identified with the most was Charlotte, which mm. just seems ridiculous because she's so like religious and um, well, I guess she's not you know because she does change religion quite easily. So, but she you know she's very traditional. Yeah. Um. So I think like in some ways that makes sense for me, and in some ways it absolutely doesn't. But yeah, I think that everyone is a combination of everyone. I think that because it's a TV show, no one's going to be exactly like yeah. any of the characters. But no, I mean I don't think that you're not like Samantha but I wouldn't just say oh my god you're such a Samantha yeah (laughs) I guess it depends the how we spend time together yeah (laughs) I mean we met at work so yeah that's that's true although outside of work I feel like our (laughs) our I was gonna say relations but that sounds creepy but like our interactions have not been like overly formal um (laughs) I'm just like thinking and I've just got this montage in my head of us wasted in Austria skiing but um, that was very good. That was very good. Yeah, that was that was life changing. But no, actually, no I, honestly, I have to agree with you. I think that you're more you're the most like Miranda. And I mean that as a compliment because you're so intelligent and fiercely independent, and you don't like you don't you just kind of like wave in the face of societal norms. And, you know, it's so nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it uh, genuinely. Like that's who I would have thought of you. you Thank just you. Have, a bit of a better haircut. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no shade to Miranda, but... I feel like Miranda has a revival right now. Like, one of my... Yeah. Well, my best friend from Germany, she bought a book. Uh, it's called Why We All Should Be Miranda or mm-hmm. something. And it's about, like, all the life lessons Miranda taught us when we watched Sex in the City. Yeah. No, she's, she's taught a lot. Um, 
And I follow Cynthia Nixon, who played Miranda, yep. uh, and she's just had oh, a really cool. interesting life. Yeah, and she obviously ran for was it mayor of New York or governor? Mayor of New York City or governor of New York State? I feel embarrassed. Yeah, either of the two. One of the two. <laughs> she's definitely um, into politics. Oh god, yeah, I I should know, but it was one of the two. Um, but she, yeah, she's great. Um, there's there's actually a lot of really good Sex in the City content out there. Um, my friend Zoe recommended a book to me called Sex in the City and Us, which I actually have. You want to take it home? Yeah. Read it. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I read it. Um, but it's it's just basically how Sex in the City was made, and it's just interesting because it just talks about how because um, I think Candace Bushnell is the woman who wrote Sex in the City, and she basically based Carrie off of herself oh, okay. um, and her own experiences. So that's quite interesting. And then it's just about like how. Sex in the City fits so perfectly in its time, um, because I think that's been like a you know there's been a lot of backlash on the internet. Yeah, I mean today some of the things they say might not seem a bit outdated, yeah. but at the time it was like I don't want to say revolutionary, but I feel like you, it was progressive. It was pretty, yeah, very progressive. Yeah, I think, and I think that's what, and I mean, I think, um, you know, it's probably a flaw of mine, but like I'll defend friends until the cows come. Me too. With that. Yeah. And, but people have had that same, you know, about like racial representation on friends and how they represented, you know, the LGBTQ community. And I'm like the, the episode of friends where with, um, Susan and Carol's wedding, it's called the one with the lesbian wedding was the first time that two women had been shown kissing really? on primetime television in history. So oh. it's not, you, it, when you put it in that context, it was, yeah, like you said, I mean, revolutionary, progressive. It wasn't, yeah. um, and it's the same as Sex in the City. Like there was not, women were not allowed to have that sort of, not allowed. They Women were just portrayed not as having, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so there's that book, which is really interesting, which you're welcome to borrow from me. And then there's a podcast called Origins where he does different, um, he does different series and he did one on sex in the city and every episode is interviewing different people. So Sarah Jessica Parker and Cynthia Nixon and, mm. um, all the makers, the only person who declined to do it was, um, Oh my God, what's her name? Who played Samantha? Um, we know who you Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Yeah. It's Kim Cattrall. Sorry. Um, yeah, she, why did she decline? There's loads of drama there. Um, and I honestly like, <laughs> My dad's gonna listen to this. He's gonna <laughs> but like, my dad and I are like, we bond over sex in the city drama. Like, we'll like send oh, each so other nice. and be like, oh, oh my god, no. My dad is like a housewife in that sense. I love you, dad. <laughs> but um, there is some, and I have like really like gone into the bowels of sex in the city drama, and I still don't know whose side I want to be on. I really don't. I'm, I'm not informed enough. The, look, like look into it because I'd love to know your opinions but basically it's primarily between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall oh, okay. they hate each other um, but they because they were going to do a Sex and the City movie like a third movie yeah I heard I heard about that and I heard that um, Samantha was supposed to have like a relationship with um, Miranda's son or something like that oh really I didn't know oh, okay, that okay. but no I mean, it's probably true yeah. it's probably true but um, no, I think they like had the story together and everything. Okay. And then Kim Cattrall was like, I'm not doing it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, like, I, I still don't know like whose side I want to take because she claims that Sarah, Je Je Sarah Jessica Parker's, um, 
like good girl, super friendly thing as an act, whereas Sarah Jessica Parker is just, you know, like I don't interesting. Know. Yeah, I don't know. But Very Kim Cattrall is I think her dad is from Liverpool and she lives in England. Oh I think she has a I British did. passport. I'm really not informed. All I do is drink cosmopolitan. Yeah. Well I I probably shouldn't know <laughs> as much as I do. Um and this is a total a total tangent, but anyway, yeah. Well, I, that was obviously we were gonna do that if we do cosmopolitan. Yeah, yeah. It was just using it as a vehicle to discuss. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's just an interesting, um, and so much of like, like I am, I am not a fan of the show Girls. I don't know if you ever really watched it, but, um, that was another, I think it was HBO program, really just not for me, but like that show would not have existed without Sex and the City and so Mm. many. I feel like a lot of characters wouldn't have existed without Mm -hmm. Sex and the City. I also, personally, I don't actually really like the films. I, I only really like the series. I found the first film entertaining. I feel like it's a great chick flick. It's like Friday night and you're staying at home just eating raw cookie dough like straight from <laughs> your fridge. <laughs> I'm just painting a picture of what mine looks like. Um, the second one, like at best, it was just a bad movie. And at worst, it was like borderline offensive. Yeah. Um, but like if you listen to that Origins podcast, um, they like Sarah Disc, but they all acknowledge that. They're like, yeah, we, we fucked up with the second film. I feel like the good thing about the series was, I, I don't know, like the characters, they weren't as extreme as they were in the films. In the yeah. films, they were just kind of caricatures of themselves. Yeah. It was not enjoyable anymore. Yeah, I I agree. Although speaking of the Cosmo, there is a, was it is it the yeah. First let's film? go back to the cocktail. <laughs> I think it's the first film where you know because they're, they're much older and they're like sitting in a bar and they ordered them and they're like, oh, why did we ever stop drinking these? Yeah, like because everyone else started drinking them, which I thought was kind of funny, but and true. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, neither you nor me were of drinking age when Cosmos were like all the rage. So I I would love to know like. If I was, you know, in my 20s at that time, if that's, like, what I would have been drinking constantly. Probably. Probably, I'm very yes. susceptible to trends. <laughs> I mean, I might not look like it, but I am too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, I mean, what is the, because I feel like this is a good opportunity for the listeners here. What's the drinking scene like in Berlin? Like, is it quite a, co- a cocktail culture or? Pooh. I think that depends where you go to. Where you go. Yeah, um, I guess that's anywhere. Yeah, so I think I'm definitely a beer drinker. If I go out, I always drink beer. So Cosmopolitan is more of like a special occasion if I go somewhere nice. I'd say in Berlin, you definitely have a lot of places where you can just drink nice beer and like beer gardens or even like clubs with outdoor areas. You just kind of drink beer outside. Um, but there's a lot of really, really nice cocktail bars. Um, that's actually probably the first place I would think of for like nice cocktail bars there's some really nice ones in Berlin um and they so for example I went to one with my friend that's the last one I remember last time I was in Berlin um and there was this uh this guy from San Francisco who made these like super super nice cocktails and they like tried all these new different things that you mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's kind of like a mix of that so beer either you drink a lot of beer um or you go to like a really nice cocktail bar and like mix like that yeah I like that I mean I think that's quite similar to London I guess like it, yeah it's kind of like you're either going to pubs and probably just having beer or gin or you're going to like a nice place but I do think Berlin's probably a bit trendier than London I think the difference is in like the concept of a pub is obviously British yeah um we have Kneipen <laughs> which is similar 
Uh, but usually if you drink beer, you'd probably drink it in like a club or in a park. Mm-hmm. So you just go to something like an off license and just get a nice beer. But they actually have nice beers. Um, yeah, we don't re- Yeah, we have Kneipen, which is similar, but they're not. I'd say pubs are a lot more popular than Kneipen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Um... But I've lived here for so long, so I'm, I'm pretty used to the to the pub life. That's amazing. Yeah, I feel like that's what you assimilate to the quickest when you move to yeah. the UK is the pub culture. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Um. Which is a good thing. I, that's one of the things that terrifies me the most about the notion of moving back to America is not having pubs. Because I, I just remember, I mean, I had lived here for like three months, like not a long time, and went back home for Thanksgiving. And I was with a friend walking around. We were in New York, actually, walking around New York. And we were just trying to find somewhere on a Saturday afternoon to just go have a couple of drinks during yeah. the day. It was like impossible it, yeah, it's it, a pub's really nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> can't just say a, anything it's a against nice, it. Yeah, no, it's a nice um, it's a nice concept. But where in Berlin have you had some of your favorite cosmos? Okay, I'm gonna make a strong statement. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had a cosmopolitan in Berlin. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm think I think there's one bar. I went to, which is near Invalidenstrasse. I don't know if anyone is actually going to know where this is, um, with a friend of mine. And we definitely had some really nice cocktails there. And I feel like if I go somewhere like that, I always get a Cosmopolitan. So I might have had one there, but that's been a few years ago. Um, I had a few Cosmopolitans in New York, which is probably where you, you know, you have to have Cosmopolitans on my 24th birthday. Um, And then just in London. Yeah. And I had a really nice one in the Savoy, the hotel bar. I need to go there. I haven't gone there yet. I think it was was like a version of it. I'm not sure it was a normal cosmopolitan. And then I had another one in somewhere in North London, but I forgot what it was called. That was probably my favorite. That was very tasty. Now I don't know the place. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's that's fine. You don't have to list off the places. But yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't think I had one in New York to be mm. honest, um, because I wanted, I went to New York for my 21st birthday with my parents, which was amazing. And there's a restaurant called Cafeteria, which was like basically all of the scenes, going back to Sex and the City, <laughs> where they're during the day, they're just like at a restaurant. It was all filmed there. It's, it's, it's kind of like Duck and Waffle in London. It's 24 hour. They have a 24 hour like brunch menu. Oh, is that the place where they're always sitting in the booth? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Okay. Um, so I really wanted to go there, but I, I only went to New York with my parents for like three or four days and we just didn't get around to it. Um, so I didn't, yeah, I never really, and my parents, like a Cosmos, like it's just not my parents drinking vibe. They're like scotch whiskey (laughs) type like, I think a Cosmopolitan is just too froofy for them. Um, so it just never came up. And then the next time I went to New York was for orientation for our work, which was great, but I can't say I drank a lot of cocktails those two we were there for two weeks because you're going to work events every night where you're drinking beer and wine and then if you go out afterwards you're just drinking whatever is cheapest and yeah it's not going to be a cosmopolitan um so yeah I actually do not think I've had a cosmo in New York not okay um I know I went yeah on my 24th birthday which was around the time we had orientation for work um, I went to Birdland, which is a jazz bar in Berlin, mm-hmm. uh, in Berlin, in New York, which is 
I think it's quite famous. Um, that was really nice. And that was like, it was like real New York vibe, vibes. Yeah. Like Andy Warhol looking. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it was really nice. And I, um, I was very overdressed and I had cosmopolitans there. That was nice. That sounds amazing. Mm. I want to, I had a trip to New York that got canceled this year. Fuck mm. you, COVID. So I need to get back. I love With Harry. Yeah. And that would have been his first time as well. Aww. So that's a shame. We'll, we'll get back. It's not... Yeah. A difficult place to go for um Chicago but yeah it's just I haven't been in um a couple of years which is a long time for me and I love it there so we all just need to get back on our travel game hopefully soon but yeah I'm just trying to think of um if I've had them anywhere else but I don't think that I have I mean it's quite nice like making them home here because you know what's going into yeah. them um I think I'd be a bit nervous to order them unless I knew I was at a really nice cocktail bar just because I wouldn't want them to just throw a bunch of pink shit in it you know yeah same I'd only it's like the drink I have when I go somewhere special yeah otherwise I just drink beer yeah that's it um I think the last time I had one was actually New Year's Eve when my best friend from Germany came over Mm -hmm. and we made cosmopolitans at home which was nice that's classy as fuck a lot of respect (laughs) for that it didn't didn't end classy but (laughs) the beginning was classy (laughs) well the other thing about cosmos i mean i know when i made them for us just now you were like oh that's a lot of vodka but a cosmo only has about an ounce of vodka in it whereas like if you're drinking martinis those are two sometimes two and a half ounces of hopefully gin but if you drink vodka martinis that's your prerogative but um (laughs) Like that, so it it's nice because it's a cocktail, but it's you're not good. Like you're gonna get drunk from them, but you're it's not you're not gonna be on the floor from one of them, which yeah. I think is kind of a nice balance. And and I feel like you get kind of happy drunk. Yeah, this is quite sweet and it's very fresh. Like I've never I've never had cosmopolitans and had like a bad night. No, definitely. No, I yeah I don't know. It's not a lot of. There's not a lot of drinks or spirits or anything in general that I just, like, full-on associate with bad times. I do. Let, let's hear it. Espresso martinis. Really? I can't stand espresso martinis. Is it just because you don't like the taste, or is it because you've had bad experiences with them? It's, like, the whole thing. So, I love coffee, and I love cocktails, mm-hmm. but they don't belong together. Coffee is for the morning when you put your life together. Fair enough. <laughs> and alcohol is for the night when you do the opposite. Um, I think the last time I had an espresso martini was actually your housewarming when we went to Inferno's afterwards. You ended up at Inferno's after my housewarming? Was that not your housewarming? I don't know. It was something at your place. It definitely started at your place. Uh, yeah, must have been, must have been housewarming or something. Yeah, because then we had espresso martinis on tap. Well, that's disgusting. And that was so disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that I actually I'm traumatized from that. I, but the, actually, this now reminds me something that I should have done at the very beginning of the episode but I feel like we've covered the we've covered the Cosmo now I mean we can still talk about it but uh but no let's get into some Nina drinking stuff okay so what was your first alcoholic drink that you can remember having a beer I think I'm pretty sure it was a beer yeah because so when I around when I was 14 I think I had my first beer and then all my friends and I we kept the what's the word? like the lid of the mm-hmm. beer we kept it in our wallet for I don't know like almost 10 years <laughs> like recently that's actually really up. cute but then I also know that at one there was like a family event where my friends were over and my brother when he was younger he was really into making cocktails 
even though you couldn't drink any cocktails, and he made us tequila sunrises mm. the entire evening. I don't know if that was before or after, but yeah, he basically made us a ton of tequila sunrises. And I would have been on the floor. Those are tasty. But everyone thought it was cute because he was like eight or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's so funny. Yeah, I think um, it was a beer. So what is your favorite drink if there is just one? Beer. beer. Yeah, yeah, that would be my go-to. Yeah. Like when I... Yeah, everywhere I go, I just drink beer. I love beer. What is your favorite beer in London that you get that you can find at most pubs? Um, probably Camden Hills mm. Lager. Because really a... likes Camden Hills. Ah, I I I like it, but I'm I like Camden Pale Ale, but I'm more of like an ale person. Yeah, so the Hells is a mix of Pils and Helles, mm-hmm. which are two German beers. Um, and Pils is kind of my favorite beer. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the most, uh, like the one everybody drinks in Germany. And Camden Hells Lager is kind of like the closest I could find here yeah. to that. I, I'm not really a fan of IPAs and I don't, I don't know. I definitely don't like a Guinness, but Camden Hells is good. Yeah, I can't. I haven't been able to bring myself around to Guinness. I don't see the point. It's so no. intense. I know, which is funny because it's actually, I think it's like the lowest calorie beer. Really? It Like, yeah, it's like, it, or it, there's something where it's like the ratio of like carbs to whatever it's actually like the healthiest beer you could drink but it tastes so heavy no thank you (laughs) yeah no all right what drink did you used to love but you absolutely cannot touch it anymore um hmm okay probably this is gonna contradict my cosmopolitan liking Mm -hmm. Probably vodka cranberry without yeah. anything else, because uh, it just reminds me of uni. And then also, I'm not sure I ever really loved it, but I think Prosecco is... I, I can't stand Prosecco. I literally just spoke about this. Well, not just, but um, Nadia's episode mm. about the frozen margarita. I have completely fallen out with Prosecco. I, I think that Prosecco hangovers are the worst hangovers that they exist. Are. On them. <laughs> like, it's, it's so bad. Well, and I think, like, I think it's because... So their Prosecco is so sugary and it's fizzy and it's high in alcohol content. Yeah. So, and also, typically when you drink Prosecco, it's in some sort of situation where you're just being topped up constantly and so you don't realize how much you've had to drink. But I think the, the fizziness, I think, fucks with your stomach. The sugar fucks with your head. Mm. And then you just drink so much. Like, yeah. Like I, because my, our housewarming, that was the next day was probably the worst hangover I've had this year, which, uh, you know, that was pre-COVID, so that's saying something. And it, But it was a Prosecco hangover because I pretty much only drank Prosecco that night. Yeah, and also every time you drink in, like, a park with friends or something, someone always brings Prosecco and they think it's a good idea. I know. But it always ruins my evening. I know. <laughs> the next I know. Day, it's not no, good. I'm actually, I'm going for a boozy brunch in a couple of weeks, and I know the place does... Um, it, they do the bottomless is Prosecco beer or house wine. And I know who I'm going with is going to want Prosecco, but I might be the one person who gets the house wine because I'm just like, I actually think I can't do Prosecco anymore. Yeah, it's fair. I, yeah, I, I don't enjoy it. And it, it is specifically Prosecco because I went to Harry's brother's, like, you know, delayed wedding barbecue a couple weeks ago and we drank champagne all day and I didn't even have a hangover the next day. I was okay. fine. That's interesting. Uh, I didn't get like, cra- like I just, I like, I do like, I don't mean to sound like a snob, but I just think like the, the difference in quality between champagne and Prosecco is the difference between being, I'm not saying you won't get hungover from champagne, <laughs> but it is just like, 
I don't think I've ever drunk enough champagne to judge the difference. Yeah. I just know that Prosecco is not... I mean, even just, even just purely on taste, because I have, you know, I've said it so many times in this podcast, but I have such a low tolerance for sweet that, like, champagne is so much more dry than Prosecco that it's just much more palatable. Yeah. That's why you're not having a second Cosmopolitan. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just had a gin and tonic. Cause, no, that the Cosmo I had was delicious. I just don't want to ruin it for myself by having another. Um, okay, what is your most unpopular drink opinion? Um, well, I probably would have said that espresso martinis are disgusting. Yeah, because really, yeah, they're really quite const- popular. Yeah, and yeah. I, I very often talk to people and they they talk about how they're going to drink espresso martinis in the night. And I was like, that's the most disgusting, disgusting drink I can think of. Well, <clears throat> I love them. But there's two, thing about, two things about espresso martinis. One is that... Like I've said on the show, like vodka is not my spirit. Like it's it's fine in this in the Cosmo, but um, it's not my spirit. But there's a few drinks that I'll enjoy vodka in, and that's the espresso martini and the Moscow Mule and the Cosmo. Mm. Um, but I mean, I and I think as you should, like I view an espresso martini as a dessert drink. Like it's, yeah, like exactly. It's end of a meal, like it's really nice. But I certainly couldn't drink several of that like I like I mean maybe if I'm at home and I've lost a little bit of my judgment I might but I'd certainly go out I would not go out and order multiple espresso martinis like yeah. there's no chance I feel like it's a whole meal in a yeah in a glass it's, it's very thick and very intense to me it's like a pudding yeah um and I, I'll also say and that this is me showing my snob a little bit <laughs> but I'm also like on the downward turn to 30 so I feel like I'm allowed it like I recently, Megan, we're we're the same age. We're, we're, <laughs> Very I'm, far away we're, from thirty. We're, uh, dude, we've got less than four years. Like Come that on. is way closer to thirty. I'm than one I've month ever older than you. Stop this. Um, no, what I'm. But my point is that I recently ordered um, a bottle of Mr. Black's, which is or Mr. Black, um, which is it's an Australian coffee liqueur. Um, and it is like I'd be. I mean, if you don't like them, I'd never force you to drink one, but. Um, I'd be curious to see what you think of an espresso martini made with that because compared to Kahlua and Tia Maria, which was what you always get an espresso martini made mm. with if you go anywhere, it's so much less sweet and it's like high quality coffee because they're using like Australian coffee beans and um, it's really nice. But even making it with that, I'd still only have one and then I want to I want to try a nice espresso martini because I don't think I've ever had a really nice one. Yeah. But it, it's definitely also just the fact that it's coffee and alcohol and I really, really love coffee. I'm like very into coffee and yeah. <laughs> and just coffee for me is it's just I associate that with like reading a book on my balcony. Yeah. It's the morning, it's like a new day. I respect that. It has nothing that. to do with alcohol. I mean, that's the no. same as when we were fucking skiing and we kept getting those Jaeger bombs. Like, I don't do... like. See, I don't mind the Jaeger bombs. Yeah, I think that's where <laughs> you and I are the opposite because I like... Like, I'll drink an espresso martini and I, like, I don't get, like, heart palpitations. Those Jaeger bombs actually, like, killed me. Pretty. And I don't, and I don't mean in, like, a drunk sense. I mean just, like, the effect they had on my body because it's, it's, mm. I felt like I was being dragged in opposite directions between... Oh, wow. ...the booze and the caffeine. Like, yeah. it was just, like... Interesting. Yeah. I th- maybe that's the German in me. I just think when be. you go skiing, you have to drink Jaeger yeah. bombs. Well, and I don't even think it's just like I, so many people love that, but I've just I've always hated Jaeger bombs. I wouldn't bombs. I wouldn't say I love Jaeger bombs. Yeah, I, I accept them yeah. as existing when you 
Well, and I think it also doesn't help that I hate the taste of them. And the yeah. funny thing is that the, the, the taste that I hate in a Jaeger bomb, excuse me, is the Red Bull. Like, I actually mm. don't really mind the taste of Jaeger because I really like licorice type taste, you know, um, like, yeah, like anise. I like, I, I like that taste. It's Red Bull. It's, and it's the combination of the two. Yeah. Just... But I guess in a Jaeger bomb, there's not that much Red Bull in it. So, for example, when I, when I was younger, my friends and I, we used to go to Mallorca on holiday and a couple of my friends would just get, get vodka energy, like a one litre vodka yeah. energy drink. <laughs> that's like, that's bad. I would never get that's that. That's not good. Did you guys go to the like German town in Mallorca? What, which one is it? Uh, we didn't go to Balaman, no. Okay. Well, we went there on the last... So in Germany, when you go to school and you do your Abitur, which is mm-hmm. your A-levels, you do like one last holiday. Um, where you go all together mm-hmm. somewhere. So we went to Balaman there, which is very German. Everybody speaks German. Um, but my friends and I, we used to go to a town called Kalaratjada. <laughs> it's like a, it's, if you look it up on Google, it's a cute fisher town. <laughs> it's basically just 18 year old Germans. I love it. Drinking yeah. one liter vodka energy, yeah. It was fun. I find that fascinating about Mallorca that it's got its little... Because you've got Santa Ponza, which is the See, Irish I, bit. I don't even know where that is. I don't... I, I've been I, there I so many it's just, times. It's just on the opposite part of the island to Magaluf, which is the bit that I've been to. I've also never been to Magaluf. I don't really recommend it. <laughs> the funny thing is that I went to Magaluf for my 23rd birthday, which is honestly really? embarrassing. Yeah, with Eleanor and Gabri. I didn't know that. No, hang on. I think I did know that. I didn't know it was your birthday. It would have been right after you joined. Um, but we went to Magaluf. We had, honestly, so much fun. Like, one of the best weekends ever. Had such a good time. The only thing that was bad about it was that we did a booze cruise on the afternoon of my birthday, and I got so seasick that I just, like... Is a booze cruise just on... You're just on a boat and drink? Or? With loads of cheap, disgusting alcohol okay. and cheap, disgusting people. Yeah. So I just, like, sat with my head between my legs the entire time. And literally, I didn't drink anything. Um, apart from that, best weekend ever. And then me and Eleanor went back the following year, which... 23 is rem- too old to go I think to I remember Magaluf. that, yeah. 24 is definitely too old to go to Magaluf. Um, and we didn't like it nearly as much. And now, like, you could not pay me to go back there. Yeah. Um, yeah but some- I'm glad I had the experience. Yeah, my friends and I sometimes say if one of us gets married, we have to have, like, the Hindu in that place we used to go to. But then the last time we went there was when we were 19, I think. Yeah. It's probably not going to be that much fun anymore. No. It's probably going to be weird. Yeah. No, it's not... It's not good. Okay. What do you think is the most underrated drink? It's tricky. Um, Probably going to say cosmopolitan. Yeah. I think it gets a bad rap. Fair enough. Because I think, um, you know, you assume it's just a sweet drink and it's like famous because of sex in the city. But Mm -hmm. if you do it well, it can actually be very, very tasty. Yeah, and it's also very easy, which I think one of the reasons why it became so popular is because it was so easy to make, and I think that was also its downfall, because I think there was, like, that period, it was the late 80s and 90s where you had, like, the sex on the beach and these, like, horribly sugary drinks that you would get at, you know... Actually, I want to I wanna amend my answer from earlier. I can't drink a sex on the beach anymore. Really? Yeah. I don't... I mean... 
I think the only Sex on the Beach I've had was in Magaluf. It was this place yeah. where if you ordered a Sex on the Beach, you got a free t-shirt. I think that's every place <laughs> in Magaluf. I don't think that's a very specific thing to say. Um, but I don't even, like, I think even though Sex on the Beach is not considered a craft cocktail, <laughs> I think if you showed whatever that was to someone who knows drinks, they'd be like, that's not a Sex on the Beach. I think yeah. it was just an orange drink. It was, yeah, probably, it was honestly probably just orange juice and vodka. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, that's the, when my friends ordered the vodka energy, I'd always get a sex on a beach and I had like one liter sex on a beach. Oh my God. I, I can't see that anymore. How long would it take you to drink a liter of sex on the beach? Um, not as long as I should have taken <laughs> me. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Final question. Ooh, okay. If you could have, this, this one might be a bit of a putting you on the spot, so don't be scared, but if you could have anyone make you a drink, who would it be? And what drink would you want them to make you? So, so I once went to a bar in Berlin with one of my oldest friends from school. And I, I, all I remember is that we had two very small cocktails. And then after we had these two tiny cocktails, they were like shot glasses. We went outside and um, like we were both so drunk. Like it was as if we had 10 drinks or something. It was crazy. And in that bar... I think there were only like 10 people allowed at once and there was no doorbell. Like you had to know the the guy at the door. And I just remember like the, I, I don't know what it was, but the cocktails were just like, Amazing. I don't know what, what they put inside it, but it was just mm-hmm. really, really, really cool. And I'd love to have one of those cocktails again, but I don't know where that place is. I don't know how I get there and I don't like, know who the barkeeper was. Have you ever watched um, How I Met Your Mother? Of course I have. Yeah, the episode where they're trying to find that burger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly like. how it is. I'll have to come to Berlin with you. We'll just go on this hunt. For this I, I know the street and I kind of know the area, but I don't know what door it was. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I, I'm probably exaggerating it in my head, but I just remember thinking like this is like so amazing it's just a tiny little shot glass and it's such an intense cocktail <laughs> but i don't yeah i would just like if i ever get there again i'm just going to tell them like make me your favorite cocktail i don't yeah. have a particular one no i think that i think that's great like some of the best drinks i've ever had have just been kind of letting a bartender just go crazy with whatever yeah. they whatever they like if you if you ever come to berlin we're going to try and find that place hell yes i, I will go <laughs> on that journey with you i would love to do that we might not find it <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get drunk on the way though it'll be fine <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is all of my questions. Any other parting words about the Cosmo that you'd like to... You make very good Cosmopolitans. Oh, thank you, Nina. They're very nice. They're very nice. <laughs> I feel next like time... I bribed you. <laughs> no, next time you have a party, you have to make me Cosmopolitan. I'll do that. They're, they're easy enough that I actually yeah. could just like, make a picture of Cosmos. <laughs> be very classy. I do actually always have the ingredients at home. I'm not sure why. I just they're they're easy ingredients yeah. to have, yeah. I think I just always have lime because I like making guacamole. I love guacamole. All right. Well, thank you, Nina, so much. This was very nice. Coming on. It's been long overdue. I've wanted to have you on the podcast since long before it was a cocktail podcast. (laughs) It's worked out now that you came for this. All right. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps us up for this week's episode of Gin and Beer It. Thank you once again to Nina for joining. She is a good friend and excellent person to chat with about cosmopolitans and basically anything else in the world so i hope she'll come back again sometime soon i hope you guys are all doing well i have been 
just absolutely loving working on the podcast recently, to be honest. I feel like I've met so many amazing people and chatted to so many amazing people in the last month or so since I really took off with the new the new podcast concept. So thank you to everyone who has come on as a guest or who has tuned into the podcast at any point. It really means a lot. And on that note, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you could please go ahead and leave a review anywhere out in the internet universe helps, whether that be on Apple podcasts or leave a nice comment on Instagram or even just send it to your group WhatsApp or your group text message and say, hey, this is a really great podcast. Or say, hey, this podcast is fucking shitty and go listen to it because it's funny. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever floats your boat. But anyway, yeah, any any feedback is much appreciated. And as always, please feel free to email show at gmail.com with any drink requests or if you'd like to come on the show and follow on Instagram at Gin and Barrett Show, doing the weekly drink tutorials. And I think that's about it. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll chat to you next week. <laughs>